there's always the, the, the creative thinking going on. But I, in terms of like actually producing new work, it's kind of like, I think I go through phases where I'm in like a prolific phase where I'll do, you know, God, I don't know. In, in like three months, maybe I'll do like, you know, four pieces will come out. Well, leading up to that could be six months of thinking and, you know, the execution time could all, sometimes it all gets kind of jumbled into this less of, of creativity, but there's a lot of calculated thinking that went into these things like months, sometimes years before they're actually executed. Hello, investors. This is Danny with Investorly. At the intersection of education and opportunity, we empower you to invest early. In episode 20, we welcome Coldy, an NFT artist. We learn about his journey from physical art into NFTs, understand his unique artistic style, and take questions from the community. The Investorly podcast is brought to you by Dayslice, our home for all scheduling, payment, and website solutions in one place. Learn more today and sign up for free at dayslice.com. To stay informed of our community-driven podcast and receive our insightful weekly newsletter, subscribe at investorly.substack.com. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. I think the best way to get us started is to understand who Colby is, right? And and where did you start? And when I ask those questions, I guess kind of think about it from investing perspective. So uh, we can learn a little bit more about you before we dive into, I guess, NFTs. Yeah, of course. And I'll just kind of do my disclaimer as I'm definitely by no means should be listened to for financial advice, but um, I'm def- um, a long-term, uh, long-time collector, um, artist. And, you know, I, I, my roots with, you know, blockchain and, and crypto art started back in 2017. So, you know, compared to where we're at now, I mean, the game has completely uh, re-evolved like four different times. So um, it's it, when I came in, it was, you know, man, like 27 was, you know, kind of a pump and dump time when, you know, Ethereum was getting going again. There's the hype cycles and shit coins and people flipping stuff. And I, I initially, that was like super exciting to see. But at the same time, I chose to focus more on the art side of things because I'm not, you know, a technical uh, analyst or anything like that. So I decided to, uh, for my own self, um, invest in art. And part of that investing was in myself in terms of making the best art that I could make and also investing in my fellow artists by um, the way I did that was when I would sell a piece of art and I still do it to this day. I take you know, about 20% and I'll buy other, other people's art. So, you know, doing that, um, especially at the beginning was super important for me and my, and my buddies. And it's kind of like a, you know, $1 can feed a, feed a town where, you know, I, I created this, I kind of manifested this art money so I could more easily take some of that and reinvest in my friend. And, you know, it raised the, the tide raises all ships. And on the other side of it, I ended up, you know, snagging some great pieces of art. Um, at a time when you know, a lot of people weren't even thinking about NFTs or, you know, them being an investment vehicle, I was just collecting my friend's stuff. That was really cool. 
So, you know, it ended up being a good decision uh, from an investing standpoint to, um, you know, take some of my ether and put it into art. If you're talking about that play, not only is it beautiful art that I would love, even if it went to zero, so there's an intangible value to art, but then on the other side of it is from an investor standpoint, you're actually looking at the art to outperform ether which is a tall order, especially in a bull market. But if you're a long-term collector, it doesn't really matter the ups and downs of the market. If you have you know, a five-year window where you're holding this artwork because you, you know the historical relevance is way more important than flipping it for 20%. You know? So um, I've sold very few pieces of my collection. And, and the ones that I do sell, are for reasons. Uh, oftentimes it'll be for a fellow who, you know, I'll, I'll get a, a, a good offer on their art. And the reason I sell it is so that more people can learn about their art. And, you know, I know that I'm quote unquote selling early, but I also know how important establishing the secondary market is. And it's really like, I will reach out to the artist and I'll tell them what's going on. And I'll tell them, Hey dude, if I had my way, I would never sell this thing. But if it helps them and it helps propel them, you know, financially and, um, their ability to sell more works, then I'll, I'll do that because it's for the greater good of all of us. Right. Yeah, no. And it makes a lot of sense. You said something that I really enjoyed talking about how, you know, when you would sell a piece of art, you'd buy, you know, about 20% of art. Uh, you know, someone, uh, an artist or, or artist friends. And, and you described yourself, you know, as an early adopter, stereoscopic 3D NFT crypto art, and specifically not an influencer, which I like to say, which I like uh, in your bio. So, so talk about that journey for you for making art and crypto art and what it was like at the start to almost where we are today. And, and I guess there's a lot of questions inside of this, but I mean, where did you start really? Like, how did you get your start? Who is your, uh, who inspires you and, and, and talk about your art? Yeah. I mean, I've, I would consider myself, uh, creative throughout my life. I, there's, it's kind of interesting. I'm more of a kind of an introverted, um, you know, sensitive kind of guy. I'm not like an, like an alpha, like rah, rah, like tough dude. Uh, so I found myself throughout my life kind of going towards, it's it's really crazy how it all lines up. Like, you know, I was into graphic design in high school. So I, I was in a really great, um, situation where I learned about graphic design as a teenager, ended up using that, uh, to go and get a, um, a fine art degree in uh, Southern California. And it, it, at the same time, like we're talking maybe like my freshman year in high school i would i got really like kind of obsessed with games like sim city 2000 and like roller coaster tycoon and i literally spent a whole summer playing those like seven hours a day like unhealthy right (laughs) um but on the flip side of it it absolutely got me acquainted with metaverses and virtual worlds and you can kind of extrapolate you know, as a kid, I'm learning how to city plan SimCity 2000. And you take a look back and I can tell you as soon as I saw, you know, crypto voxels or Decentraland, um, there's a whole bunch of virtual worlds now um, 
there's even a there's a new one that's VR only called Infiniverse. There's these places popping up that it, it's a it's a fractal. So like I learned about that shit as a kid playing around, but then when it becomes real and you're an adult, I was it made sense. I didn't have to think about it. It was like oh duh, like obviously this is going to take off. So a lot of like early childhood experiences. I collected baseball cards. I was obsessed with baseball cards. I I was with Jesus. I had so many baseball cards and they ended up not being worth anything because baseball, you know, it was a, a racket in the nineties. Uh, I was too young to like kind of get that, but I learned uh, an acuity for collecting. So all these childhood things ended up being perfectly um, aligned with what I needed to execute as an adult. As these opportunities came to me, I had some experience and familiarity with how how the collecting game works and what you know the eye for the rare thing that other people don't notice and you know it's funny i think my parents all the time for that it's like hey you know all those times where i was nerding out like actually paid off i you know it's 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 incredible so we've you know this is episode 20 and we've uh we've had a chance to a lot of interesting uh people in the space uh, you know, when, when I think about the artists that I've, that we've had a chance to speak to, you know, just some right off the top of my head, I think about Brian, Brian Brinkman. I think, oh, yeah. I think about Prob Cause. I think about uh, Jake the DGen. And, and uh-huh. so kind of like a, an, a variety of, of artists, personalities. And, and so it's been enjoyable to hear kind of inspiration. I will say you're the first one that I've had Roller Coaster Tycoon in SimCity 2000. And I find that fascinating because I love those games myself. Cool. And and can remember playing them for for endless amounts of hours. In fact, I even played a game called Airplane Tycoon, where you had to build an airport and in uh, and, and similar fashion to to Roller Coaster Tycoon. You just you didn't need the people to come in and mop up the uh, the vomit. That was, really <laughs> <cool>. yeah. <laughs> but those are those are great games. And now, now, like listening to you talk about how that could give you kind of an early entry into this idea of what the metaverse is or building it is kind of a fascinating take on it. And so I guess uh, thinking about this, I've looked through you know your website at, at, at coldy3d.com where you have uh, you know artwork that you've created and so forth up there. Why don't we go back to the first uh, crypto art piece that you created? And what was what's the what's that what's that process like? So you come out with it, you you spend a lot of time on it, and then you go, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell this, I think, or. You know, bring us back to the mindset, because obviously now in 2022, it's not the same as it was, you know, four years ago. Um, And and so if you can take us back a little bit to that period and and your thoughts around the phase, you're you're like, okay, I could do this or I'm going to do this and I don't know what's going to happen, but then it happens for you. Yeah. Um, So prior to NFTs, uh, I um, I had a, a... uh, another obsession there's a little theme I, I kind of get like i get rabbit holed into like specific uh niche things that i love and i and i want and i just have a yearning to like learn and explore and grow and one of those things was stereoscopic uh photography and stereoscopic art and what stereoscopic means it's like basically if you went to a 3d movie um and you put the glasses on uh, that's stereoscopics, where the image is popping off of the plane, at least the illusion of it popping off of the plane. Um, I was learning about that in uh, like two, 2007, 
when I was living in Los Angeles and I just, it, I grew up with Viewmaster cards, like the little red thing you put up with the circles that you, you'd push the little box and, and it rotates pictures for you. Those are 3d, those are 3d images. And I was a kid like many kids in the eighties and nineties around. And they literally transported me to a different time and place. And it had a major impact on me because, you know, I was a kid, lived at home. I wasn't doing any traveling, but I remember I had a stereo card of like a mark in Taiwan or somewhere, somewhere overseas, somewhere completely foreign to my reality. But when I, when I had that Viewmaster up to my eyes, it was early VR, right? It was a scene in 3D that I could experience the same as if I had my eye scene in real life. And it made such an impact on me that, you know, when I started getting older, it's funny. I, I know I was going for that, but I wanted to like, I remember in high school, my dream was to make flat graphic design things that looked 3D. And I, I didn't know what that meant, but there was this thing in my brain that needed to solve that illusion. So I just got heavy into that. I started learning how to do, you know, 3D glasses versions of stereoscopics. Uh, like the red and blue glasses. Um, I learned a technique called a lenticular, where it's actually a, a, a printed sheet that you put a, a special lens on that it's it has 3D without glasses. And so I started learning all these different techniques of how to do it. Um, I was learning from the masters. Most of these guys, uh, I mean, most of them have passed away by now. And they, they gave me their like grail of knowledge because, you know, I was I was like 22 at the time. And I'm walking into these like 3D camera club meetings. The average age is like 60 and older. So these guys are like looking at me like, first of all, did you get lost? Like, what are you, what are you doing in here? And then second of all, they, they taught me their 40, each of them taught me their 40 years of, you know, best processes, almost like carrying the torch. You know, it's, it's a dying art form. And they, they taught me what to do, which was, I mean, a huge blessing. So I, I had this, toolkit that i was doing before nfts so when it came to be nft time it was in 2018 actually my first one it was a 3d print in 2017 a physical print there was no market no one was buying there was um the first marketplace i was on was called rare art labs which has uh since become defunct and i you know i got i, I just shot him an email i was like hey man like i'm interested in, in blockchain art, you know, can I get on your roster of artists? And there was no wait list. It wasn't, I literally was like in the next day. They were just like, yeah, sure, dude. And there was no action. No one was selling anything. And I looked at it like basically an online dating site where just another marketing tool. I was like, yeah, I'll throw my stuff up there. You know, best case scenario, some people uh, see my stuff from around the world. You know, maybe I'll get a sale here and there. And that was the intent was simply to become part of the ecosystem in a little way and see how I could, you know, do my part to push forward the movement. I love the piece right there where you talk about, you think about it as a dating site and how it's just another place uh, to kind of show off your, your, your work or, or you. And, and that I think is, is a really good just tip in the, in the sense of it doesn't really necessarily matter what you're doing but you know trying to get your stuff out there on multiple platforms 
at venues anywhere to show whatever it is that you're creating, whether it's art, music, I mean, anything, yep. uh, yep. you know, so I, I kind of love that in a general sense of, uh, uh, investing or in yourself type of tip. So you, you mentioned something there. So, you know, 2018, right. There's, there's no idea of what NFTs are going to become. Um, you, you've been graced with all of this knowledge from a lot of these OGs that have no longer, you're not even with us anymore. And you have this real unique style. Uh, of creating art are you creating art still in the physical um i am it's hard it's it's difficult in a sense to make art the way i was making it because the i had a i had this like process that i learned in, in art school where you can basically uh transfer an image onto a canvas and it's incredibly labor intense, highly experimental, and it's just very, very time consuming to do. We're talking like a hundred hours to do a piece, and it's it's magical, and it does a very special. It's a special look, and it's something I love. But at the same time, it's not sustainable to spend a hundred hours on one piece, especially when there's NFT stuff where it still takes me a long time. But it's a different. Uh, it's not as like tactile with materials, more like brain thinking than like burnishing paper very slowly. You know, it's like, it's just different uh, tools and I can get ideas far quicker with an NFT than I could uh, physically. So that being said, I'm not doing like right now, like canvas ones. I'm definitely doing lenticular um, prints, uh, which I, I love them. I like I, it's probably my favorite thing to create because it's, it's stereoscopic, I need glasses and I can do like limited edition print runs. More people can own it than like a one-of-one uh, a canvas. Like that's a very niche type of buyer would be buying one of those. Yeah, for, for sure. A niche buyer. And speaking of your pieces and, and I can understand how, it can be more challenging, the physical kind of concepts uh, that a lot of these pieces you're, you're creating with uh, the digital NFT idea makes more sense. When, when we think about your art and what you're creating, how often, and, and because this is such a varied question for artists specifically, is how often are you creating new art? And, and, and how do you feel about that? I mean, is it, is it, is it in a sense where every day you're, 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 being creative or is it you know it just comes to you and then you just dive head you know full-on head into to something because it's right at the top of your brain or is it very thought out and meticulous like i'm going to take this amount of time the planning and, and we're going to put out one piece or or kind of and it, it give us a little bit of a, a dive into that and the thought behind it all um i mean i definitely say that i'm creative every day we all have like certain skills in life. I'm like not very good at a lot of things, but creativity is around, you know? So whether that's physically making art or it's, you know, half the time I'm doing concepts in my head, just like when I'm at the supermarket, you know, or like whenever I'm just around, it's just that ongoing, like I kind of design in my head throughout the day. And then when I have a chance to get in front of a computer whether for a couple hours or whatever that day allows me, I'm kind of like pre-designing during the day and then I can execute it a lot quicker when I, when I get to the computer. 
so I'm like constantly kind of thinking of stuff or um, like you were talking about like music. Um, I'm starting to get more into like uh, you know audio and, and different different stuff. So there's always the, the the creative thinking going on, but I in terms of like actually producing new work, it's kind of like I think I go through phases where I'm in like a prolific phase where I'll do you know God I don't know in in like three months maybe I'll do like you know four pieces will come out well leading up to that could be six months of thinking and you know the execution time could all sometimes it all gets kind of jumbled into this less of of creativity but there's a lot of calculated thinking that went into these things like months sometimes years before they're actually executed so there's like it's kind of like i I think about them as like little incubations where some things i can be like oh man I, i can execute that one pretty quick so let's just get it done. And on the other side, there's some things that are either it takes me a while to figure it, figure out the formula or, you know, these little intangibles that don't like fall into place right away. Sometimes those like I have ideas still that are like years in the cooking. Yeah, <laughs> filled with ideas. I mean, that's normal here from a from a creative individual. So we, we, we kind of talked about the pieces and the thought process that goes into it. I've just pinned to the top for anyone that's here with us live the uh, you know something that you're a part. I want to dive into I guess the the pack and, and I guess uh, Ash Chapter Two Metamorphosis uh, debuting March 28th. That's a collection, and and I, I'm curious, and I th- I know a lot of others uh, are curious about what that is. Can you describe more about uh, your part of it and uh, and the bigger picture? Yeah, and and I'll be honest. I, there's certain things that have been released. It's kind of a um, a drip a drip system of of what all is going to happen. I can tell you kind of my part of it, and um, you know it's coming out on the on the 28th, which is super exciting. There's 30 artists, and um, really the the way it works is um, you use the Ash token, which is Pax. Um, Pack's own token. So he's creating a an ecosystem where you can sell your artworks and receive Ash Coin, which is just really interesting. And I'm I'm still learning about the ecosystem. And you know, he has a very vibrant community, a lot of passion, a lot of super duper smart people in there. So I'm I'm kind of a guinea pig as well uh, with this drop. And you know, I made a piece for it. Um, I, I'm actually going to drop that. Um, I think that I think I'll drop it tomorrow. Um, I just it's 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 happening so real time that I we people are just now like we got the green light to kind of like show your piece if you want. So um, I'm definitely going to show that off. Uh, you know, prior to the minting, um, I don't have you know specifics on you know the pricing and the mechanics of that part of it. Um, but I can tell you that the people that are in it are, are fantastic artists that gosh, you know, like they, they blow me away. So I'm just really happy to be a part of it and honored that, you know, PAC asked me to you know be a part of this whole thing. So um, just an, another new experiment, which I love, you know, I love kind of um, going down that road with, with people that you trust and, you know, we all work it out together and everyone feels good. And at the end of the day, you, you kind of accomplish something and, I think it's it's actually really good because we can kind of cross pollinate a lot of our our um, you know our followers and collectors and you know if, if someone likes uh, my stuff 
and you know like uh you know someone likes fuck renders stuff you know we can you know we can share and just like every there's so many friends in this thing that we're all just sharing back and forth and um you know sarah zucker has a piece there's a bunch of like really awesome friends and artists um which kind of feels like the early days like i was talking about where i would just you know help each other each other out we'd buy each other's pieces we just kind of raise raise everybody's boats and this is another one of those uh, awesome occurrences i love this idea you talk about it it feels like the, the early days of just artists and supporting each other that's one of the things that's been very noticeable about art and nfts and community is that idea of artists helping other artists get started and then uh growing together and yeah. and also very noticeable about when it comes to nfts and communities and, and so you mentioned you're going to be dropping a piece in a day. And this is something that I think, you know, it's helpful for, for people to hear from you. And, and one of the beautiful things about the Investorly podcast that I love so much is there are so many people that like to listen to the pod, really don't spend any time on Twitter, are not familiar with crypto, uh, NFTs in the way that maybe people that are really immersed in it. And it gives a really good opportunity to kind of get people a little closer to understanding what is an NFT? What's going on with this digital authentication and the blockchain? And so hearing from you describe some of this, you know, is, is quite helpful. You talked about platforms and you're dropping your, your piece uh, tomorrow, uh, one of your new pieces. When you think about the different platforms, uh, there, there's a number of them, right, that you can, you know, list your NFTs on. I mean, you can have them internally. But, you know, you look at, let's say, Super Rare, Nifty Gateway, OpenSea, Foundation. What are your thoughts around the different platforms? Do you have specific ones you like to use or how do you go about that? Um, yeah, I mean, each each platform has its own kind of special sauce. And um, there's different rhymes and reasons why I would go to different platforms for different, um, you know, different experiences. And I, I'm not on a lot of platforms. I'm I'm primarily on Super Rare because that's where I started, and I'm very much uh, kind of a scarcity type of um, artist. I've changed uh, in the kind of more recent times, but I don't flood the market with with a lot of art. So for that reason, Super Rare um, has been a good good choice because they do one of ones, and uh, then on the other side, um, I actually was able to test out additions when I went to Nifty Gateway and I've done two drops over there. I did uh, two portrait drops. The first one was a, a Julian Assange uh, decentralized uh, portrait. And then later on, um, I did a Warren Buffett um, decentralized release. So I would say I love kind of hopping around for like limited engagements um, with different platforms. Um, I, I have some random stuff on OpenSea, um, and that's kind of the extent of of the different platforms. But each one, there's a rhyme and a reason, you know. Like for OpenSea, I did an airdrop to all the collectors of my portraits because over the years, I mean, my collectors have like diamond encrusted diamond hands. They don't, they don't sell my stuff which is the highest compliment of all time. Well, at the same time, they're missing out on, you know, like gains, you know? So while I'm super humbled that they'd rather hold my art than, you know, get a paycheck, that was like, I wanted to thank them. 
you know, just for being so loyal. So what I decided to do, I created my very first uh, AR our artwork that was, uh, it was a portrait collage. And you can actually rotate it around. It's a 3D model. You can put this uh, image or this, this file into online galleries. There's a popular one called um, OnCyber is a big one. Uh, Mona is another big one. There's a bunch of these like really good uh, virtual galleries. So I was thinking ahead and I wanted to thank my collectors. So I airdropped one for each portrait somebody held. I gave them one of these um, artworks. So if you held four of my portraits, you got four of these airdrops. So, and they didn't know this was coming. I simply took a snapshot one day and I said, Hey, by the way, you know, I took the snapshot. And now I'm going to be, you know, transferring these tokens to you. Thank you. And that was it. Like there was nothing else to it. And I, and I like the, the surprise element of doing things like that because it's not like a calculated investment decision. They're in it for either the long term or, or maybe it's luck. You know, maybe they happened to buy it a month ago and they just happened to be part of the snapshot. Like it doesn't matter. It was just at that time and that moment were rewarded with with a very important piece it was my very first you know foray into uh you know 3d r stuff amazing uh yeah the surprise and the delight of the airdrop and you, you know you mentioned in there you're one of ones and how you like super rare and obviously each artist is going to have uh to figure out what works for them right not one specific way works for everyone it's a unique uh method uh to the madness you could say you mentioned some of the pieces. And if you want to see some of them as you're listening to this conversation, uh, you can go to Coldy, uh, C-O-L-D-I-E-3-D.com. One of the pieces that you mentioned, you talk about Julian Assange, and then you talk about Warren Buffett. I see the Warren Buffett one, and just let's use the Warren Buffett decentralized variant 01 example. Is there a reason uh, or a thought behind the, the individuals? Is it, to, is it topical? Is it timely? Is it, it the culture? Um, we, you know, because obviously we've got some figures that are, are noteworthy. And yeah. so is there a special meaning that you decide who you use? Is it a tribute to them? Is it just because you, you know, they're on your mind or, or give us a little bit behind the vision that you have? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of thought uh, with everybody in that series. And, you know, I, I've been to, you know, lots of art shows throughout the years. And one of, one of the most important shows um, really that I ever saw, I wasn't expecting to be affected the way I was. Uh, there was an Andy Warhol uh, portrait show that came through my town in Northern California. We don't get large scale art shows like that, you know, so I definitely was not going to miss this, um, this show. My love for Andy Warhol wasn't specifically in portraits at the time. It was more around his, just collage or his kind of like, you know, this Campbell soup cans or the Marilyn Monroe distressed images. I loved the screen printing side of him. And I, and I, the, the portraits were great, but I had never seen a show that was only portraits. So it, it challenged me. Right. So it's like, Oh wow. Like you're not going to see some of these other things. However, you're going to see, I don't know, 50 at least different portraits of different scale and size and color. And I ended up going to that show at least two or three times. 
and I, I, I would just be in there for each time it would be for longer and longer. You know, we're talking like two or three hours in one room and I would just stare at these artworks and, you know, you can get as close as you can, you know, <laughs> without the you know security guy tackling you just to see like the thickness of the paint or the offsetting. It's like studying, it's studying masterful art, right. In, in the flesh. So I was just admiring and studying. And at the same time, I was looking at people who I didn't know who some of them were. I mean, there's the obvious people, you know, just like pop culture celebrities or athletes or, you know, that's, those are kind of like easy. But then I remember there's this one series of like, I don't know if it was like Chinese bankers. There was a group of like seven men and they all had their portraits together. It was some type of, you know, it had to be a commission that they all wanted Andy Warhol prints made. And I'm looking at these guys and I don't know who they are, but they're instantly elevated because he did a portrait of them. And now they're in a gallery and now we're all looking at these people. And it made me really think about the power that art has, especially when you're talking about a specific person. And, you know, Warhol has been very polarizing. Um, he has a Mao a uh, very famous Mao portrait and, you know, obviously not a great person, iconic artwork. And I looked at that and it's exactly the same thing. So when I started doing my portrait series, I wanted to focus on people who were moving the blockchain space forward. And it started off with some easy ones, you know, Vitalik Buterin, you know, co-founder of Ethereum. Obviously, I wouldn't be making NFTs if it wasn't for Vitalik Buterin. Like, yeah, he's going to be the first one. Um, you know, Andreas Antonopoulos, huge Bitcoin proponent. Um, you know, each of the different people hit that mark. And it was interesting because, you know, there's always the heroes. But then, like I was talking about the Mao, there's the villains or the protagonists that are equally as important to a revolution. So my first foray into that was doing one about uh, John McAfee, who, and, 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 and the thing about it is I wanted to do things that were topical for the moment. And at that time and place, John McAfee was, and rest in peace, John, uh, he was like, no one could tell what John McAfee was up to, right? But he's a guy that was just so good at hyping and like he on Eskimo and Ice Cube all day, every day. They'd keep lining up. And he was doing these like pump and dumps, but you didn't know. Like, is he really onto something or a rug, rug us all, right? And he had this really famous uh, quote that I think if, if Bitcoin wasn't too um, – I think it was a million bucks by, <laughs> by like the end of 2018, something around there, he was going to eat his dick on national television. And I like, whoa, like he raised his hand to me and like, I, yeah, I'm going to fuck with that. Like for, and, and I honestly, I wanted to, well, to put that quote on a piece of art, like how fucking funny is it to like have those words on to, like, that's that in itself was worth it. So, you know, I did one on John McAfee. 
you know, I did Snowden, I did Julian Assange, I did, I, I, it's funny, I did the Dalai Lama. I'm not sure what, he had nothing to do with any of this stuff, but I, I don't know what it was. He, to, to me, he was like, lies of love or something. There was something about him that was decentralized in, in an essence. So he became a very popular one. It was just this random Dalai Lama one. Uh, and then I did Warren Buffett, who is the most polarizing. He's more of the villain of this. But he was actually such a proponent, or not a proponent, he exposed a lot of people to what blockchain was by saying he wasn't into it. You know, people listen to what he says. And even if it's him saying the words Bitcoin, um, like Bitcoin is like rat poison squared. He'd have these like grandpa jokes that were like ironically brilliant. It was like, oh my God, I can't believe he just said rat poison squared. Cause like, my grandpa would have said some shit like that, you know? So I would take those quotes and put those in the artwork because I, I wanted it to come from their mouth. You know, it's like, I'm not saying I'm not putting words in Warren Buffett's mouth. Here's directly what he said. And I think it's, it's a time and a place and almost in a, in an art history aspect, it's important to talk about and, and document these things through art. Because yeah, I, I sat through at least five or six art history classes, and that's the way it works. You know, like artists talk about things that are going on, and especially on in the early days, there wasn't um, anybody really like doing more than a Bitcoin logo on an astronaut or something. You know, it's just kind of like fart joke art. It was like, uh, it's kind of like it wasn't hitting the mark for me. So I really wanted to push myself to, to make things that, you know, even if all these JPEGs went to zero, at least we could look back and, and remember and be like, damn, I remember 2019 and, and that, you know, Warren Buffett or, or the, the McAfee puts you back like a time capsule. I want to take a few minutes here to just talk about now, uh, moving forward, and I guess what's coming up, right? Because I think you're, you know, you talked about this new piece, uh, and that you're, you know, a small part of, right? And it's dropping, and and you've got your your stuff coming out, and uh, and we know that there's a, a big NFT conference in Los Angeles coming up, and and so how do you see Coldy in the year 2022? Uh, you know, as we kind of wrap up the first quarter, and still have you know about nine months left of the year. What do you envision your uh, 2022 looking like? Um, 2022 is, I think, more of a um, a personal journey of art. And I say because, you know, last year was just phenomenally, uh, so many opportunities came my way. And I don't think those are going to stop, but it was, it was a fantastic ride. Like I got to collaborate with Snoop Dogg. Like, like these things came up because I had developed stuff early on, you know, the whole, what we've been talking about. So like the cycle was like on a feedback loop, which was great. Now I'm, I'm in a phase where I'm kind of going back to my own, um, roots and like evolutionary phase where I want to go somewhere unexplored and, Part of that is just my own creative 
year for new stuff and um i get bored if i keep doing the same thing over so i've been really experimenting um actually i dropped a piece today that is um highly personal um it was for um, a project called monogramma and the piece is a uh it's a tribal portrait of of a grandfather a father and a son who were all leaders of this amazonian tribe who's being deforested and they're you know they're keeping their family lineage alive they're telling a story through art and i made a 3d vr portrait of their whole tribe and located in the amazon and i chose to do it because that was important to me like it had just as much meaning and emotion as the snoop dog piece did and it's honoring right so like we were talking about i had i think long do i put in the portrait series they are just as important as anybody else in the series right they're heroes in their fractal of life so step back and and doing art for reasons beyond anything of you know economics or you know what i think is going to sell like that that taints my mind to think about like what is expected or what is you know what's the market looking for that has no bearing to what needs to be created and this art needed to be created so it's crazy because i've been working on it and it's done you know so with with nfts you just literally tokenize and you know then it's alive it's like you have a kid now it's just alive and you kind of lose control over what happens to it which i love and i baby today and now it's out there in the wild and i can talk about it and and honor it and it frees it frees up my mind for like new pieces right so the nfts are very fluid and the, you know the, the cycle can can turn over uh, quite quickly yeah, that well, that that is for sure. When we talk about uh, NFTs and and the word quickly, uh, ain't yeah. that the truth? Uh, oh, yeah. In general, in the space, I, I just I thought thought of something that I haven't had a chance necessarily to ask an artist yet, and I want to ask you because you talk pretty thoughtfully in, in how you you know create your art and not allowing outside factors to necessarily influence your decision uh, and, and creative process, and. When you think about, you put the, the art out there, it's your baby, it's a baby now, it's out there for kind of the, the world to, to do with it what they want. Have you ever looked at any of your pieces that you've created and then after it's out there in the world go, you know, I kind of want to update it or I wish I could go back and, um, you know, something or something has evolved or are you just kind of the mindset that you've put in the time, you've created what you had visioned and then that's the piece and you no longer kind of even think about what it could also additionally be. Cause I always wonder from an artist standpoint, if that comes into play. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely look at things. I think I'm an iterative artist where you can noodle forever. And I've, I've been there and I still noodle some things a, a lot, but I've gotten to a point where I'd rather like, maybe I'm halfway through it or I look back on something and I would like to improve it. Well, the next one will be better because I'll take a look back and say, oh, man, I could have, could have, should have, would have. I'll just make the next one better, you know, instead of, you know, it, it, everything is very linear with what I make. And if I lined up all the portraits, I actually have a, 
a crypto voxels gallery that has all of my um, portraits in it. And it's cool to see uh, the evolution of just what I knew at the time, because I didn't know half the tools I know now. So you can only work with what you know how to work with. So I'm, I'm more of the mindset of do the best you can right now. And then on the next one, do the best you can at that point. And, you know, if you're learning stuff along the way, then inherently you're just going to create better things each time. Yeah, fa fantastic kind of piece of advice. And just hearing from your perspective as someone that has accomplished a, a, a lot, I think this is quite helpful for anyone that kind of listens or thinks about this because there are so many artists that uh, I've spoken to or watch and observe and, and kind of think about their, their journeys and how they move forward. I want to welcome uh, a question here from uh, a guest in our audience. And I want to bring up, uh, on, thanks for being here, Don Lamone. Hey guys, thank you. Uh, appreciate it. And i um, super glad to be here and honored to be on the stage, actually. Um, I, hi, 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 hi. Um, man, I'm blown away by your website. Oh my goodness, I feel like a kid at a candy store. Like, I don't, I, I don't know what to focus on. It's just so much eye candy and like super inspired, like by much of what you said, pretty much everything. Uh, I resonate with with like your point of view and kind of how you see things um, and uh, how you uh, kind of approach your uh, art. So super, super cool. Um, I actually was like, I don't know, like the, the Snowden um, uh, portrait, like the interactiveness with that on the site, like just wow. I mean, hats off to you. And like, I'm, I'm super glad to have come across your art. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan. I've become a fan. Oh, dude. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. That website really was, a uh, kind of, it was super fun to put together and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just glad how it came out. It's like super kind of like an acid trip, uh, with the way the parallax works. Yeah. It's super fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. One thing I actually was, um, uh, looking through that I really appreciate is the lenticular, um, stuff. I, I've had the opportunity to to do that like as a graphic design project um, oh, cool. once. So that was a really cool experience and like seeing your approach um, and, and all of this is just like mind blowing to me um, and super, super, super cool. Um, I actually I was clicking on the link that uh, uh, is behind the art um, and I think I, maybe that, that website got or something, but uh, I'm, I'm just trying to like, I'm going to be like, uh, absorbing your content. I would love to learn more about you and you know, all this stuff. So I'm super excited and, uh, would like to know more about that. Cool. No, no, no I appreciate it. And, and it's pretty funny. The website is not, uh, up to date. I would say it, I, I tried to have like a couple of different buckets where there's some like kind of key projects on there. Um, but just as life goes, especially in NFT land, I just, it's not like being updated. So I would, are you, um, are you on the, are you on my discord? Uh, no, I actually am. Are, do you use discord? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Join my discord. Um, and obviously everyone should just, if you want to learn more about my stuff, we're really active there. We have a good community and, um, that's between that and Twitter. Uh, that's where I'm really getting my, my content out. Super. Yeah. appreciate that. Uh, I'll definitely, uh, join and, um, really looking forward to, uh, also keeping up and also again, you know, super glad to 
be here in the space and that you uh, um, for for being here and Michael for also for hosting and and you know such a great job with with everything. So appreciate it again, guys. Oh, appreciate it. And, and hats off to doing lenticulars. That's awesome. Yeah, man, it's 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 very um, uh, like I guess. One thing that I've been saying recently to, to people is uh, when I read the book, Steal Like an Artist, um, I don't know, it just resonated a lot with me, you know, and just a simplistic approach. Um, and so I, I'm, I, I guess really resonate with your art um, and with what you do. Um, and it's kind of like, boom, a whole new like river of inspiration is hit. So that's, you know, pretty much what I'm, what I'm just really excited about. It's just so much eye candy, so much inspiration and, you know, just to be inspired by, by someone whose uh, views and how you're, you know, wanting to be a part of people who are pushing the space forward. Um, just again, like, you know, everything that you said and, and mentioned, you know, <laughs> super cool. And that process of lenticular. Um, yeah, I, I, I recommend anyone and everyone, you know, try something new. Um, and I, I definitely, it's been a while, but, uh, um, I would like to revisit that. Um, and so cool. Definitely <laughs> kind of will experiment with that. That's awesome. Yeah. Stay in, stay in touch. Let's chat. Um, amazing. I love, I love that this conversation has, uh, already inspired uh, a listener that is here live. I'm sure, uh, many of you, as you listen for the first time in the podcast will feel inspired too, but I want to get you out of here on this last thing because you identify as a specific profile picture for, for a long time, right? And that is as of uh, Board 8, correct? Yeah, actually, it's, uh, well, it is, it's Board 8 inspired. It's in a lot of, a lot of money piece. And uh, a lot of money just recently passed away. Pretty devastating for all of us in the NFT space. A streamer, a true artist. And he affected so many people positively. And it was a huge loss. Like, still is. I, like, still kind of hard to, like, wrap my head around that. And, you know, he... So what, what he did, he has a thing where he's, he was very big into Monty Python. And he would do these play on, uh, like, these, like, double-eyed... Kind of, he's like a surrealist designer. And he would do this thing where they ha would have, like, two eyes stacked on top of each other. So I loved them, and I, I missed I missed board apes, and that hurts. Uh, yeah, you you win some and you lose some. I definitely lost and missed that boat. But I will tell you, early on, instead of buying a board ape, I bought this piece because I wanted something that was board ape uh, ish. But I I was basically saying I'd rather have a one of one from a lot of money to be my board ape. You know, at least it would fit in in my own you know, bucket, I could say that's my ape, even though it's not technically an ape, but I absolutely love that piece. And I, I have, I have the board ape one. And I also have the uh, crypto punk style of a lot of money artwork. We'd like to thank Coldy and the community for a great conversation. The Investorly podcast is brought to you by Dayslice our home for all scheduling, payment, and website solutions in one place. Learn more today and sign up for free at dayslice.com. To stay informed of our community-driven podcasts and receive our insightful weekly newsletter, subscribe at investorly.substack.com. Investorly, empowering you to invest early in yourself.